Now, John, you clap. Yeah. <laughs> you never have to clap. I never have to. There we go. You could hear my claps yeah. if your uh, computer yeah. actually worked with Zoom. We would clap together. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We would sync our claps, Phil. Yeah. Dummy. But it doesn't work. So what do you want? I have an old computer. It's nine years old. It barely functions. I have to restart it every time I want to record this. How are you going to edit your films? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just hoping it survives. Yeah. Dude, every time I was on set, like DITing, I would have two laptops. Like, I would use somebody else's laptop to do it, and my laptop would be there on standby just to copy <laughs> files. At the backup, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be at the cinema, so I want to I wanted do it through the computer just to back it up onto my hard drive. Mm. Yeah. And then back it up onto my laptop, and then hopefully back it up onto like a cloud, like the the cloud. Yeah, yeah. back oh, it up. This is a good stop. intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're up. already recording. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, fuck. Um, yeah. Forgot. Let me tell you my process. Yeah. Let me tell you this computer gonna... fucked and will not survive <laughs> yeah. a movie. What if it was a zombie computer though? You know, like my my old computer. That was a zombie. Computer. I need to kill it. I need to kill yeah. it to find out. Remember Jesus? You know what I mean? To find out that it's a robot. Yeah. All right, yeah. Jesus. Just like, oh no. Hey, yeah. Hey, what Zeus is it now? Brilliant. This is Goldie Hawn that I'm using. And, um, Goldie Hawn. Goldie um, Hawn's holding up. I wanted to say know? Blondie, but Goldie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's at times reminding me of, of Goldie Hawn from uh, Death Becomes Her, which is kind the of best, a zombie maybe. film. So, yeah. You know. Is that the best zombie movie? Should we be talking about that? <laughs> hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Don't give me any ideas. You hmm. guys think Jeremy Renner could play the Bruce Willis part in a remake of Death Becomes Her? Mark Wahlberg could do it. Marky Mark. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. I'm sorry. I take that back. Don't. Andy Samberg uh, as Marky Mark could do it. Ooh, yeah. Andy yeah. Samberg as That's Marky Mark talking think. to animals. Has Andy Samberg ever done a Jeremy Renner impression? What is a Jeremy Renner impression? Yeah, just what do you do? Do country music money, and right? yell? Like, <laughs> some guy, yeah. yeah. I have an app. I have an arrow. app. I need $200 and I make music with arrows. Change? Change? It'll some be like people, that. Some people have careers in Hollywood and it just doesn't make sense. But he's been around for a long time, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, don't get it. Because... If you can't even do an impression of him, then I guess like there's like what's the point of living? There's nothing there. Yeah, fucking kill him. <laughs> what's the point of living? Him out to can't the do Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Welcome to franchise. Presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises or small ones, one film at a time, as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good. What makes a franchise bad movies, bad movies, bad movies. We're talking a lot of, a lot of bad movies right now. And what makes a franchise work? Not movies. Not movies anymore. I don't know, man. <laughs> Enough with movies. Movies don't work. I'm your host, Jonathan Foster, and I've been broken by the last two films um, that we've had to watch for this podcast. Uh, and I'm here with my... Romeo zombie boy Phil how's it going lover boy Tromeo. how are you doing the boy fine the boy. hello John hello Ari I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised by what, by what I have to say I'm not gonna give it away but you know I'm, I'm sensing the tone you know I'm reading the room 
I disappointed you last week, and I'm going to disappoint you this week. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm curious because you started um, out from the Return of the Living Dead episode, so a couple weeks ago, you were kind of on the fence of saying that you really liked this film, so you couldn't wait to get to it, but you were unsure of the second film. So I have no idea what you mm. think about it on a rewatch, but we'll find out. Yeah, and we're also here, of course, with our. OG co-host, who is it? Ariane and Antipatry. My daughter. What's up, Ariane? How's hey, it going? Dad. Hello, Phil. It's going okay. Hello. It's, you uh, remember this time, John? Yeah, yeah. Of I remember it's nice everywhere. to be remembered. Yeah. <laughs> um, remember, I'll, I always remember until I don't. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm sort of also. I think I I got to the wits end the fastest with this trilogy because I was kind of just nah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. last. Week, I mean, regardless of my opinion, fun, I'm done. But yeah. <laughs> but like I'm. Yeah. Just, no. I would like to be um, done now. Uh, the yeah. Living Dead needs to stop returning. Like, is there a? Yeah. There should be a no return policy cancellation fee. Yeah, close like the door. How are yeah. there two more? No refund. After this? Done with the how? Ability. How were there two more? In the same year, nonetheless. But yeah, um, but, Jesus Christ. I mean, I know how. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Yeah. I yeah. know how, but like how they you made it as Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. Yeah, they'll be in spike. They'll like radiated and losing their fucking mind. Yeah. I, I oh man. Well, let's get into it. Entertainment Weekly said it's chock full of brain munching zombies, campy dialogue, and gross anatomical effects, but it's <laughs> that touch of amore that <laughs> makes this don't. one so special. <laughs> That's amore. <laughs> Arnold T. Bloomberg, author of Zombie Mania 80 Movies to Die For, said Melinda Clark tries to make the most of her after-death angst, but that the film was little more than a twisted catalog of fetishistic imagery of horror movie aficionados keen to have a female zombie they can actually find attractive. She's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, I think she's hot. Shut yeah, up. I mean, she's, yeah. she's beautiful, but it's yeah. very weird. Um, <laughs> Andrew Gowden of the Hollywood News said, one of the purest examples of cult genre filmmaking that I would happily recommend to those who, who uh, enjoy their horror flicks with lashings of gore, commitment to corn, and memorable characters with cosplay potential. Fair enough. Definitely true. Great costume. All mm-hmm. movie set of this film although it features the same vaguely punk-derived fashion sense of, and many of the same plot elements as its predecessors, the third effort in the Return of the Living Dead series lacks much of the goofy entertainment value of the previous installments. And our boy, Felix Vasquez Jr., Cinema Craze said, <laughs> director Brian Yuzna delivers a somewhat solid zombie film that at least tries for something new and unique. That it does. So let's get into it. Oh, oh, oh it's starting again. 
helps. The pain makes the hunger go away. What are you doing? Stop it! Stop touching me! Stay away from me. Just leave me alone. How could you eat that? That man? It's your fault. Me? You made me this way. You brought me back. You should have just left me dead. Is that what you want? Do you want to be dead? All right, that's fine. What was I thinking? Look at you. You're disgusting. We've made it through the undead punk rock madness of Dan O'Bannon's The Return of the Living Dead. We stumbled through its childish sequel by turning on a light switch in Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Now, we're going to Romeo and Juliet this shit because why the fuck not? And what film, Phil? Why not? What film is it? Finally. We're here. We're finally at the end. Return of the Living Dead 3. <laughs> No point. You got just through that three. so quick. Just three. <laughs> just three. Yeah, let's just get there. Let's get there. <laughs> they vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remain untested. Oh, cool. No problem on the boss's son, remember? Until they went looking for a thrill and stumbled on the chilling fact let's proceed that even the dead can go on living they came into life we gotta get out of here and tonight fate will put their promises <laughs> to the test oh my god now that she's dead he's frightened to live without her but bringing her back is terrifying <gasps> That was incredible. Let's do it again. Container, damn it! Seal it off now! Is that what I'm gonna become? These poor dead bastards crave brains. She didn't did. She did you something bad. It feels the hungry. Never find you down here. What have you done? If she attacks him, he becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. No! Love never dies. Young Lovers Kurt, played by J. Trevor Edmund, who is definitely just totally... Sup, I mean, guy. They, they really want... Eddie Furlong. Yeah, they wanted Eddie, Eddie Furlong for this. This is totally like fucking yeah, Terminator really Two. He changed. He's got his fucking like moped He's and everything. Up a lot in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, he just needs a public enemy shirt. Yeah. All right. So, Young Lovers, Kurt, J. Trevor Edmund, and Julie, played by Melinda Clark of the OC. Melinda Clark of the OC. Holy shit! Days of Our Lives, The Vampire Diaries. Hmm. They, for some reason, still his father's security card key at a military base in Los Angeles together. They witness strange exper- experiments enacted by Kurt's father, Colonel John Reynolds, played by Kent McCord, in which he and a team turn people into zombies using the 245 trioxin gas with the hopes of utilizing the fierce rage and hunger 
into a military force, which is a solid idea, I guess, on paper. But <laughs> what could go wrong? Solid. <laughs> when a solid motorcycle accident leaves Julie dead, that's very reminiscent of uh, Hereditary. At least that was in my head because I had just recently <laughs> saw yeah. Hereditary like the literally, day before I watched this. So it was like, oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, uh, a- It literally looked just like Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, off. The, you know the little his little sister was grabbing his crotch while he was driving, which caused like her to go flying out the window. And- <laughs> God, hey, don't don't talk shit about her or her peanut allergy. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Uh, I adore that girl. My God. <laughs> so when a motorcycle accident leaves Julie dead, a grief-stricken Kurt believes the only option he has is to bring her back from the dead with the same experiment his father has been working on at the military base. Can true love survive when one half of the pair has an insatiable hunger for brains? We're about to find out. It's the 1993 romantic zombie horror directed by Brian Usna of Reanimator fame and written by John Penny. Hot takes out the gate. Phil, you take it first. I'm dying to know what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah i really like this one <laughs> and i know i should yeah, i know <laughs> it's, it's very it's very it's very mixed but it's what i'm with felix vacant jr here it just it does something new yeah and my god how long have i been waiting for that to fucking be the case the last two movies it does something new you know debatable how successful it is but i find it interesting <laughs> yeah. it's absolutely batshit and like the actual core idea of this tragic romeo and juliet thing in the heart of a zombie movie actually worked for me i think it's quite cute and i think it's funny and i mean i think melinda clark delivered like an iconic performance absolutely oh, yeah. i mean it's like all the worst traits of the horror genre <laughs> in one thing yeah. it's fetishistic and it's overly sexualized and it's just there for horror fans to finally feel safe to get off but that's an interesting thing about this movie it like finally it like not finally but like really sort of sort of allowed itself to drown in this like my thing with horror that there's this you know um conflicting idea in that a lot of them you know, and the genre, it, they're like a staple of like feminist cinema mm-hmm. because they're one of the few and early genres to feature female protagonists, lead female roles, uh, final girl, you know, alien, scream queen, Halloween, you know, over on and on and on. But they're also incredibly, incredibly misogynistic yeah. and exploitative mm-hmm. and feature just women you know taking their clothes off and getting murdered all the time yeah. there's this weird juxtaposition you have within this genre um and to varying degrees within zombie movies i mean romero was pretty good at straying away from it these last two movies the living dead movies not so much and this one just full on <laughs> gets into in it. your face yeah. but it's so it's so in your face it's so weird it's not as campy or fun as the other yeah. two it's played more with a straight face and there's not that much horror in it either. Like the zombie stuff that is in it, it it's good, but it, it it's just this weird fucking twisted love story. And I think it's, I don't know, I think it's just really entertaining. It's, it's fucking insane movie. <laughs> the way I'm thinking of it yesterday, I was like, this looks like every movie I watched growing up. 
it looked like a 90s TV movie. Yeah. And because Very of that, so. it like it's instantly nostalgic. And I didn't even watch it as a kid, but like it got it the feels feel like, and the weight yeah, to it. It, it, looks, that, yeah. it, look, it, it looks feels like Army of Darkness. Like, or especially something, when they're running yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, especially when they're like running around the fucking what? Even in that base, that army base yeah. at the end, it looks like <laughs> it looks like the nightmare sequence from Bill and Ted's yeah. Bogus Journey. You know? It looks yeah. like the Godzilla versus Kong but, remake. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. so it it's this one is the it's the it's the fucking mess of a movie. It's flawed to shit, it, but it for me it's so bad. It's good. It goes all the way around and becomes good again. Like I do really enjoy. It. I think there's something there, but that's just me. Please, how about you, Aaron? Me. <laughs> um, this one I kind of struggled to get through just because I watched it straight after the film we watched last week. And I don't know, having the children's film in your mind and then immediately going to this like hardcore, to not, a twi- yeah. not a kid's movie at all, like hardcore, hardcore Twilight, <laughs> porno- like borderline pornographic zombie movie. Um, <laughs> What I really enjoyed about this film, though, is, again, I think a clearer evolution of, like, the zombie aesthetic. And it's an interesting aesthetic. And it mirrors the ideas it's trying to get across. I agree with you. It is refreshing to finally see some sort of, you know, I don't agree with it. I mean, some sort of inkling of an ideology um, or an idea. Of some self-awareness as (laughs) well. Um, it's really refreshing to see that in this trilogy specifically. But also, like, there was, I don't think it's consistent enough for me to like it all the way through. It's like, um, mm. it felt like it was trying to juggle too many, you know, it was trying to juggle too many balls while spinning as many plates as it could. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it didn't do that for, like, it's not like they took breaks, you know? There were so many lulls for me that I really struggled to sort of, like, yeah, that's long stretching. Yeah, I always had to go back and be like, "What?" I was like, "What did she do to that gang?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I don't even get me started on the fucking uh, yeah. game war." Now the Riverman, what? <laughs> the the Riverman, like it's all problematic but, and yeah. it's all yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, horrible, horrible stereotypes. But yeah. they had such sick makeup. The, the the gang leader with the fucking when his neck is just super long. It's like something out of the thing or something. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I'm so here for this. And it doesn't look they they're not gray anymore. Thank God. Like they look they look Mm. pale even. Um but yeah. And they play on that idea that the people are still inside them. Yeah. And the whole idea something that's been present in the last two movies, but they haven't actually mentioned it. Explored it. No, not at all. And like the idea of this time they're coherent, you know what I mean? They're not just saying come to the hospital Mm. brains. Like she knows she needs brains. brains, but she can still form coherent sentences. So can mm. the other, the other fucking, the, 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 the zombies can still speak English and Spanish at the same time. Like this <laughs> is the most human we've gotten of the zombies, which Impressive. I think is really interesting. And I'm usually not a fan of, um, <laughs> but they, they were, like you said, it is really entertaining and refreshing in the context of this trilogy, but I really struggled to get through it. But I really, really liked um, Melinda Clark in this. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think she's the saving grace. She is. She's, I think, the only one in the film that can act. But, I think so. Yeah. Um, and the Riverman, yeah. obviously. And the Riverman and the weird um, evil lady scientist. 
of yeah, Lucy yeah. Blue. She's like she's looking camp oh straight my God. in the eye. Um, I mean, she's from fucking Superman. Yeah, but where's she from? Yeah. What's her accent? I was like, she sounds like me. The fuck? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can't decide. Pick one. An accent. Yeah, yeah. Just pick, pick a side. Yeah, but that's uh, Sarah yeah, Douglas, yeah. who is Ursa in Superman and Superman Two, which yeah. kind of blew my mind. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I also yeah. she just know better. The yeah. fucking exoskeletons, also like that whole idea. The the I feel like there were more stakes in this, which is what I enjoyed. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, what about you, John? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like on this like weird middle ground with this film, like where. I don't know if I absolutely fucking hated it or absolutely fucking loved it. You know what I mean? Like it's that we it's a very mm-hmm. strong emotions both ways. Like, yeah, because there are elements to it that like were felt a bit like a slog or like weird, kind of like the last film. But at the same time, I want to see this film, but given a a better budget and maybe you know, like a bigger yeah, budget yeah, and sure. like give them the ability to sort of flesh this out. So it doesn't look like a piece of nineties garbage that was like found in a, in a yeah. made for TV movie or something like that. Or like, Vault. yeah, I mean, it's like an episode of wishbone or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just bad fucking like, you yeah, know, set design and it's like, yeah, it's like this. Yeah. It, it's like early she, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. Like nineties, um, you know, military, Place. I mean, every everything about that sort of just makes it look very cheap and low budget. But then it's also Brian Usno is like fucking weird as shit. Like it's like this weird, I don't genuinely know, like, weird though. It's not. It's like yeah. honestly weird. It is bizarre. Yeah, bizarre like movie. and he's he comes from that whole like yeah. reanimator sort of you know background of just making these sort of strange body horror films and just odd horror and low budget and. So it, it just screams of that, which is like, I don't know, kind of cool. But it also has this sort of like, it, it's riffing a lot on like films. Like, I don't know, it's almost like a pet cemetery meets Romeo and Juliet. But then you have this weird yeah. like arc where they go into the sewers like Ninja Turtles with the river man. It's just a very strange <laughs> thing. And then you have the <sighs> splash it. of the original uh, Return of the Living Dead on on top of it so it's interesting like i love that it did something different i absolutely love it was so refreshing compared to last week's Mm -hmm. episode because it was like dude you're just doing the exact same thing but with a kid but it's just with kids and it's worse and it's just shit and this at least brings now it's like you're doing something different but worse (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) true yeah yeah absolutely um but like I feel like it has a stronger story. It's just it doesn't have the bigger budget and it like you know someone there to kind of like help flesh that out. Like so it's got like because Return of the Living Dead, the first one, there's no real story there. It's just a bunch of fucking people stuck in Screaming. a you know crematorium while like a fucking zombie outbreak's going on. It's like it, it, none of the characters matter and they just scream. And mm-hmm. at least with these characters, it's like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, they have like they're in love. They have a fucking yeah. arc together and it's all about like, it's kind of a nice story. Like this guy just it's a can't story. let go of his, a, his love exactly. who's died. And he's just and, like, but it's he's also not like, giving her like her agency by not yeah, letting her a, die. He's a yeah, piece yeah. of shit yeah. boyfriend, but he does. He is absolutely. Like, he's yeah. caused all this. It's like, you need to let yeah. her die. Yeah. Yeah. But then he thinks he does, but then he just, you know, would nerve her to a life of torture. And then, you know, ironically yeah. Yeah. from that by killing them both and and then that's a sort of cool 
it's got like the Rogue One ending where fuck it, everyone dies, and it's quite bittersweet. And it's literally like that <laughs> yeah. moment returned yeah. living dead, yeah. but not played for laughs. Yeah. Where he put himself in the crematorium. Yeah. He, so I like that. It, re- yeah. it, it yeah. He takes off his wedding ring as a zombie and goes inside the crematorium. <laughs> it, it actually like felt yeah. like it was part of the theory, even though it was really different. Yeah, there's enough of like what happened in the first film. I, I mean, almost just kind of disregard the second film, but there's enough that happened in that first film mm. that they used to like create this film and just like riff off of that makes it feel like it's a part of the series. They explain a little bit more about the trioxin, which is refreshing they uh yeah and then just like the special effects are kind of all over the place you know some mm. of it's really mm. cool looking some just a bit odd yeah um all the melinda clark stuff is great or like awesome. yeah. Yeah. but all the military stuff, stuff was horrible yeah, oh her whole robot outfit, i was like yeah. oh come on yes this yeah. is very no, that queen is of the, the damned so cool. like yeah it's punk <laughs> yeah, as literally. hell yeah. yeah but yeah okay, all right so if bob i have made this you know, this shut up. Bob. Very Day of the Dead. Yeah. If yeah. if Bob yeah. is like the equivalent to Frankenstein's monster in Day of the Dead, then Julie's his bride. Like yeah. bride she's incredible. Her fucking performance, like when she starts to turn and just like the way she moves and like everything about her performance is way better than it had any right to be. It's and she's kind yeah. of like it's like you know really like amazing and stunning in this film and it's like hard to like take your eyes off her she's very like magnetic and she's so gorgeous Mm -hmm. and uh it's weird like this film she's like it's like an origin story (laughs) for like fucking harley quinn or something like it's insane like she's crazy like she gets kind of wish that they would just become dumpy together and like continue to yeah 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 I thought about that the whole off. time yeah, being why like, why doesn't this guy let her turn him into a zombie? Why are you holding on to your humanity yeah. is the thing. You know what I mean? If she doesn't have hers, like it's yeah. very Yeah, I guess bizarre. it's no And like all, you right? said, it's that, that, yeah. And it, it's like what you were saying, like it's a really earnest weirdness. Like I don't think he, the, the, the director will bother to, to address that aspect of it. But yeah. um, I really liked that there's that, conflict even though it does annoy me that this guy is such a fucking piece of <laughs> yeah. shit yeah. um but i like that it's weird you know yeah. Yeah. Um, i love that they went back to like making the zombies seem like a threat like they can't be killed again yeah which is great because i mean i fucking i didn't really mention that in last week's episode but i hate it that you could fucking kill him like kill him, yeah. that was what was awesome about the first film and then this one they try with that fucking like frozen what is gas that? Yeah. shit that it they like I don't know. Yeah, I, it doesn't I thought work. it was like, I thought it was like almost like a, it was like a, almost like an arrow that like shoots a bolt of electricity. But maybe I'm trying to connect yeah. it to the last one because it had that. Mm. But yeah, it's like a more of like a free thing. Yeah, it just thing. froze them or something. And but it was know, weird. There was no real, but it didn't last. So no, it's like no, I like that. Yeah, but there's no reference yeah. to the last movie whether they happened or not. It's almost like this takes place yeah. in a world where like they've just managed to control it now and it's like, well, let's see if we can weaponize it. And it's like, oh, that's yeah. why you have the stupid gas thing because you want it not kill yeah, the yeah. army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes, it's, again, on paper, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, I kind of like that they did just enough to, because I think that was what Yuzna wanted to do, which is like, do just enough because the company who, you know, was making the film wanted him to basically just include, it needed trioxin, it needed like, you know, mm-hmm 
the word brains or whatever, you know, or, you know, it just needed that, but it didn't really need all the other shit. So he was like, all right, fine. I'm doing something completely different, which I think made it yeah. a little bit more refreshing. And it, and in, and in a way, like it also made it feel like it belonged just right there with that first one, especially with like the yeah. edginess to it. Like it's just way yeah. more edgy. It which, felt more punk, like, way more, more punk, punk than yeah. the last one. 90s sure. punk. <laughs> It's like I'm moving to Seattle to start a band. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, Which is, Seattle yeah. is so punk. Okay, Starbucks. Yeah. Like, well, I know yeah. all the really great rock bands come from Seattle, but this guy, uh, yeah. No. yeah, who'd never been in a band, who just he just pecked yeah. a drumstick. Yeah, that was my favorite bit. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> all so I hardcore. need. My drumstick. Yeah. It's like you don't even have a kit, yeah. dude. Like, who are you? What do you do? I thought that that was sort of the weakest part of the whole film, though, because I really loved the story that they were telling between the two characters and like how they were just in love. And it was like this sort of like, you know, overbearing father. But like, it was just like, okay, well, you just jumped right into it. Like, why did he still the key card? Why did they want to go there? And then it's sort of like, okay, well, you know. Well, she's just her, really she, turned on by this. She's, you know, the military makes her horny. And he just wants to fuck her. Yeah, she's like yeah. the girl in the first Living Dead movie, right? Like, she got things. Yeah, I mean, they were right? heavily riffing off of that. Yeah. 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 She's trash. Yeah, but it kind of made it a bit odd because they didn't really explain much of kind of like his situation because it just felt like they just jumped into the whole thing of like, oh, we're getting out of here. We're finally doing it. And just like, all right, well, just a little bit of exposition ahead of time. Like, you know, they could have set that up a little bit more, but like, whatever. No, it's no fine. expedition. I, mean, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of didn't mind it as much. much like, <laughs> no, exactly. I kind of didn't mind it as much. I really like it when they just, you know, start in the middle. I don't know what the fuck is going on. You um, figure it out. And it won't matter. Yeah, you sort of figure out because because no, you're right. Like because it didn't matter. What mattered really was like it's about these two. That's what I really enjoyed about this is that it feels really isolated, like in a good way. You know, not like you see how in the previous films, even in the Romero ones, you see how it affects uh, a group of people and in turn reflecting like society as a whole. But this is just how this one thing is affecting these two people. Yeah, um, Mm. and how they have affected the people around them because they're sort of like. You know, the virus wouldn't have gone out if not for him turning her and yeah. taking her out he for a on the town. Yeah. He, he's, you know? Yeah, he's um, created all the madness and all the mess. Yeah. So, yeah. They bring it on themselves. So, they do deserve to exactly. die at the end. But I am with Phil. I would have loved to have seen them just go off and live together as zombies. Why not? <laughs> as zombies yeah. in Seattle who start a zombie rock grunge Dude, band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's all we that need. Diverse, I mean, I feel like this movie is the inspiration for, like... Or not even you guys watch Bob Burgers? And oh like yeah, the, yeah. The, the the daughter Tina has like a zombie, like like romantic zombie fetish. <laughs> she keeps confusing like boys and butts and zombies. I was like, I feel like it's this movie that did it to her. Like this would be <laughs> yeah. her dream movie. <laughs> yeah. But if the boy turned into a zombie, they should do that. They should. I would love to see a remake, like you said, John, a remake of this movie, and you could swap it, and you could like the girl, like resurrect her boyfriend, and it just yeah. yeah. goes to shit. Then like the yeah. the actual story is quite strong and interesting. And it's compelling, feel yeah. Different, and it does inadvertently push the theory in new direction. Unfortunately, kind of the end for the theory for now. I mean, not unfortunately, these movies suck. <laughs> but this one, the most interesting yeah. one, I think. Yeah, the one uh, I think at least yeah, yeah. tried something to, to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, yeah. 
Because like even the first one, like it's great for what it is, and it's like because it's, it's fun. Just silly it knows and what fun. it is. Yeah, but it didn't try to it do anything except genre, for just no. do something kind of silly. Which, but it also innovated the whole brain thing. So it's like it does it did its job. Whereas the second film just like is more of the same. It's the quintessential uh, cash in, but then we add children. Yeah. So we're also trying to riff off of like you know. I don't know. I mean, even like the original script and like the fucking meatballs, like fucking <laughs> two that that script and everything. You could tell that guy, Ken Weinenhorn from the second film was also just like trying to cash in on any fucking eighties kids movie. Any it was like time. basically riffing yeah. off of ET and shit. So it's just like, you know, this film at least like, it's like, okay, we're doing something completely fucking different and it's nice to mm. see. But it was after the second film was seen as a bit of a failure due to its uh, making much less money than the original. And it was maligned by critics for its over-the-top campy comedy. It lacked any real scares. And it was just basically rehashing of the first film that it was a long time before another sequel was envisioned. But Brian Usna, uh, by this point, had uh, already been producing and writing films with his frequent collaborator, Stuart Green. They turned out the likes of, uh, you know, reanimator dolls. And they even wrote honey. I shrunk the kids. (laughs) I didn't know about (laughs) that. I had no idea. (laughs) Usna wrote that. I brought that up last week. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Soothsayer. But uh, he also had been racking up writing and directing credits on horror sequels. So he did bride of reanimator. He did Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, well, he wrote Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, but he also directed and wrote D- Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. They made five of those movies? <laughs> yeah, so many. And not to mention his directorial debut, the cult classic Society, which mm. a lot of people fucking love, and that's a crazy-ass yeah, movie. Yeah. So Yuzna was a fan of Romero's Night of the Living Dead and Dan O'Banner's work. And he even liked Return of the Living Dead quite a bit, and he wanted to make another sequel to the series. So when another sequel was in the works, still produced by Tom Fox, this time (laughs) it was through Trimark Pictures, and Trimark uh, basically was like, you know, we'd like to have you on board. And he was like, cool, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, I mean, this basically has no value anymore, so we don't give a shit, so we'll give it to nine years <laughs> like that was sort of the thought behind it. Do whatever you it want. It was sort of yeah. like, we don't care. So Yuzna and Fox, uh, they and the other producers that kind of came on board with Yuzna, they were um, reaching out to numerous different writers to submit treatments and stuff. So two two of the people who like wrote a treatment were the special effects artists from the previous two films, Kenny Myers, who ba- mainly did most of the special effects from the uh, second film, and Return of the Living Dead alumni, uh, Brian Peck, who I've mentioned on the last couple episodes, who's played <laughs> numerous zombies zombie. and characters and all that. It's thriller zombie. Yeah. So he pitched, they, well, they together, they pitched an idea for the origins of the trioxin gas, which they were like, it's never really been explained. But that didn't happen. And the job ultimately went to film editor turned writer John Penny who served as the second assistant editor on the first Return of the Living Dead film. Penny came up with the whole idea of the Romeo and Juliet angle, and it was basically just the whole idea of this young man who wouldn't let someone he loved go, and it was kind of playing off the fact, I think he said his father had died, and it was just these thoughts he was like dealing with, and he thought it would be kind of amazing to just create this weird Shakespearean-style love story, but a zombie film. 
And uh, yeah. then he also came up with the idea of the young man's father who was trying to create military machines out of zombies. Trimark basically didn't require the film to use the same actors because that was something that uh, Usna was like, oh, do I need to put the same people in? Do I have to put those two people in there again? Do they have to be infected again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, exactly. 10 years later, much, yeah, much older. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like, you know, that'd be nice, but you don't have to. It's fine. And he was just like, do I have to do any of like the comedy and all that? And it's like, oh, it doesn't need to be funny. It's fine. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not like this is the only trait of these movies have. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's this thing called uh, dead people coming back to life. I don't know if you <laughs> do have, I have to do that? the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, all he had to do was require the zombies to crave brains, brains right. and eat brains and basically incorporate elements of trioxin. Up. So that's that's all. Yeah, he did that well. That's yeah. all he needed. And there's barely any zombies in this one. Yeah. Yeah. So we get J. Trevor Edmund as uh, Kurt Reynolds, poor man's Edward Furlong. A 30-year-old man playing a teenager. <laughs> 30-year-old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I'm not going, Dad. It's like, okay. Yeah. Dude, you're like, you're 22. You just yeah. move the fuck out. Like, it's fine. When is yeah. Arnie showing up? Are you going to get on the back of a motorcycle now? What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. Call Sarah Connor? Shut up. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just comes in with a like big old bouquet of flowers and it's just a shotgun inside. <laughs> so Jay Trevor Edmund, he worked in a cinema and uh he was apparently fired oh, from man. working because Back he was then. he was like King. watching uh movies instead of like working. So Oh. That That's checks what out. We get paid for. The film that he was uh caught watching apparently was Return of the Living Dead. So of course it was. He was a big fan. He had tough competition. He apparently got the role because he was like, he said that he believed his portrayals of Romeo on stage helped him because he, you know, did some stage acting and stuff. He also was in some films and stuff and he was on set working on another film when he had his final callback and he didn't realize he was that like close to getting the role. And he went through this whole thing where he was like, I think in San Diego and he was just like, dude, I like, you know, I really want to be in this film. And they were like, you know, all right, well, we need you here at this time. And he's just like, I can't. I mean, like, I can't get, I'm in San Diego. I'm on set, um, but I can come back as soon as possible. And they're like, what time would you be back? And he's like, midnight. And they actually met him <laughs> at midnight to to Aww. do his final callback. And yeah, give he ended that guy up getting the, the film. And they were like, it's because of you. You wanted to do that and you just did it. But guess who he beat out? He, uh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Doug Benson. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Of Ghostbusters Afterlife fame. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Well, that, that works as well, timing-wise. Pre-Clueless, yeah. pre-Romeo Pre and Juliet, yeah. ironically. Pre-Halloween 6, yeah. Pre yeah, that oh one God. movie he did in China where he played a cop. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been interesting. I think this movie would have a lot more um, attention on it now. If it had yeah, to yeah. and he's so yeah. Paul Rudd is so sweet in that even if he's playing the bad guy, I'm rooting for him. Like, mm. yeah, to me that would not have it. worked. Yeah, like um, you would have been like, this oh, guy, but he's like, so cute. It, <laughs> he, yeah, he just loved his girlfriend <laughs> oh, so much. He's so sweet. Yeah, yeah, but then it's like, oh, dude, just leave her alone. Let she her just die. wants to Let eat, man. Die. She's hungry. 
Yeah, get her, her Twinkie. Get her a snowball. Give her your brain. What's wrong with you? Tw- tw- yeah. Get her Twinkie, yeah. Zombie Land. You don't feed yeah. her, yeah. SA. You don't feed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> those guys are great they're horrible but they are great yeah. in the movie if you know what i mean they are yeah. so great in the film yeah. yeah but it's just that horrible like 90s movie set in la let's go to a korean supermarket yeah. and yeah oh no 90 movie like, gangsters. gangsters there you know it's like oh, fuck. Yeah. it's either gonna be like tough uh you know like i don't know compton you know black gangs or it's going to be a fucking oh, like east, east LA, la like sa yeah like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah sm13 east la latin kings <laughs> yeah yeah but the guy's like 50 yeah. years old you know what i mean yeah the leader is he's like, like danny trail like what are you what are you doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> why are you, why are you hanging out with you're like kids. everyone's dad you're hanging out with kids it's yeah. weird you look like a loser you're just sitting there fucking playing yeah. like video games and you're like getting mad if at he's the girl. like the boss he should be at yeah. home yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Like yeah. Tony Soprano doesn't have to leave his house yeah. sometimes. They're getting mad at the girl yeah. because she wanted to go home. And he's like, Oh, you wouldn't have got to level seven if we had gone when you wanted to go. It's like, what? You guys are like forty years old. You're playing fucking video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? At a grocery yeah. store. It's, it's so it's so uh, I felt so time. bad for the for the uh, clerk. For the guy who runs the store, yeah, he got he got done so dirty. Dude, yeah. when he turns into a zombie, he looks gnarly, dude. His head is he all like so missing cool. and shit. So like, oh. cool. he looks yeah. awesome. So and he was selling it. He was like one of the minor roles that I thought, you know what? It's this girl and the one Korean like uh, that supermarket lot, clerk that's yeah. just acting circles around everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and the Riverman, yeah, Riverman. Yeah, Riverman. You have to give props because that's a hard character to play in that it's not a real person. <laughs> yeah. He's like straight out of an SNL sketch. Yeah. yeah. So we have Melinda Clark playing Julie. So the whole idea with this was Brian Usner was like disappointed with the lack of screen time that he gave his previous uh, female monster in Bride of Reanimator. Uh, so he mm. basically wanted to have Julie be this like big presence in the film and that's why she like the whole story just result revolves around her it's very like interesting what they did because they go back and they explain all about like you know why zombies need to eat brains and they felt like they needed to do that um because you get it in the first film and i think that's great because it sort of ties it together and it does it in a really like good way where it just it all sort of makes sense and they kind of go through a little bit he was he was talking about the whole brains thing so it's like the whole idea of like the neurons um in the body they need it because their nervous systems start to shut down. So her whole thing is like, all like, you know, it's just like the pain of it all and stuff. And it's kind of playing back on that first film just to feel something again. Like, you know, cause it's like, I can't feel like my skin. It feels so strange. Everything feels so weird. And it's like, it's interesting just seeing her walk around and just turn more and more into this like Mm. walking corpse who just like, yeah, they chart that evolution yeah, really well even just like the piercing yeah, coming yeah. in and the dabbing and her breaking yeah. down and the whole thing with you the know glass. almost owning yeah. it at one point only to just like break down again yeah. it's cool she gets a yeah. one moment she just gets to fucking kill everyone but then it's yeah just like, it's really cool but yeah. then it's too yeah. late she's just like the pain isn't helping <laughs> anymore awesome. like i need to it's not yeah, I need there's to no eat way brains. out i need to yeah. feed this like yeah it's really cool though i mean i i think it's kind of interesting genuinely become sad like yeah that's what i'm saying like the way she she plays it so well like that character should just be a joke really she's like she's you know she's made to be 
you know, hysterical. Uh, yeah, hysterical, you know, like, like a technique zombie, yeah. like ridiculous, right? She she just gigantically clad and she's yeah. like just covered in like like punk rock paraphernalia. But like yeah. the way she played it, she ends up actually becoming very sympathetic and a very yeah 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 figure. It's like, and then that's what I mean when I'm watching. I'm like, this film is actually working on this level. Like yeah. actually doing yeah. something right, even if it's covered in shit. There's something here that is mm. really interesting. It walks down that same road that Trash, like, you know, Linnea Quigley's character does in the first film, but like at least it yeah. says it's like it tries a little harder. Like that's just like, you know, she had the character it's still doing this, it. You know? It's still doing it. Yeah, like it's still, it's still like still doing it. Her tits are there and she's fucking pierced and like how how fucked yeah, up awesome. can we make her look and still make you think, oh, she's still kind of hot. hot. Um that's mm. kind of what they were <laughs> doing with this. And it's like, but at least she was she was doing something instead of like just being there like you know yeah and that made it really interesting and that's kind of why you know her the way they chart her character and the way she like progresses it like that's why i kind of you know compared her to the way bub is in day of the dead because it's just like it's something new with the zombie that you don't really get to see much and like it's interesting um because you know like there's a lot of love stories now like with zombie films and stuff but this kind of like did it warm bodies and years before Mm. Like yeah. years before and it's just no one no one cares about this movie though <laughs> like, yeah that's nothing that's not yeah. really something any of these movies have really they've been there like in the background like yeah i mean it's like obviously Tina. a couple in dawn of the dead yeah, and day of the dead couples and there's a couple in the last one but like yeah. an actual love story yeah. like in yeah. spite of the surroundings mm. it actually yeah, yeah, yeah never like but it, yeah, and it's not it. like Ari said in the first episode that like it was all just like, um, well, the first episode of The Return of the Living Dead, she mentioned how like it was just sort of like he was just gaslighting Tina, you know? So it's just like, you know, yeah. it, this isn't that way. It's like, you know, it's someone who's really struggling to let go of someone they do love <laughs> and also someone who's trying to come with to grips of the fact that they are dead, but also still loves that person um, and it's just that sort of like fight and back and forth of like, of, you yeah, know, she's eating people and he's like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am and I supposed to she's do? She's also, like, well, she needs to she's eat She's also people. trying not to. She's uh, like still trying to battle and get to grips with her humanity that's completely being stripped away from her and like disappearing every, every second, you know? So it's kind of interesting. It is. But what's more interesting with like what you were saying, the comparison to Bub, I feel like, those like we didn't see what bub was before you know what i mean Mm. but now that we see who julie was before and who she became i feel like she does despite sort of you know like you were saying stripped of her humanity i felt like she became a lot more human because Mm. she felt i don't know like the the immense pain she had to endure (laughs) and the sort of like feeling she had to grapple with including sort of losing feeling itself i i think that's a lot more um i can empathize with her a lot more and it's a lot more human to me to have that way in as opposed to like feeling sorry for the boyfriend or mm-hmm. you know feeling bad for the the store clerk or the gang members the, the river man <laughs> that they have to go through this yeah. change but like she you, the fact that her the way we track her her growth is is so um growth and decline i guess is done so well i think it's it's a lot more um 
it's again that irony of like you know, she was more human dead and alive dead than yeah. alive mm. is um yeah definitely the sort of crux of these stories right but um the last two didn't do it and yeah. this sort of made a stronger effort yeah it's, an, it's interesting to define a person's path by pain like mm. yeah that's how we chart her as a person and where she is and how she grows by how much pain she goes through and that's actually a really interesting idea and a good mm. sort of analogy about growing up and aging and mortality life. and death and life yeah. so I mean, I'm giving this movie a lot more credit than it does. <laughs> no, for sure. The, We've been doing that the, the whole, whole time. Yeah. But these are the things that genuinely yeah. make me think about. And, yeah. you know, it's not just brains. It's more than yeah. brains. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's actually brains, you Actual know, like we're brain. using our brains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, rounding out some of the cast members who joined the two main characters, we have Kent McCord, who plays the father, Colonel John Reynolds. Uh, and then we have Sarah Douglas as Lieutenant Colonel Sinclair. And James T. Callahan as Colonel Peck, who is just a fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, there's like mm. an interesting sort of, I guess, battle between the two um, of Reynolds and Sinclair trying to like, yeah, this weird sort of power play like where he's obviously which experiment yeah, will work he's trying to do his experiment but she somehow has this like some person who's giving her power to create these like fucking machines that are like why does anyone think this is gonna work it's all it all sounds it's fucking not, insane it's that thing again of like we were talking about earlier about how they're adding back the you know, in this film and in, in this trilogy, they're adding back the feeling of these zombies as a threat. But I feel like here that battle specifically between those two like um, generals is that they don't think it's a threat anymore because they can control yeah. it. They know it's a threat, but they think they can control yeah. it, which I think is a lot more interesting because that's like a huge human hubris thing again. Like, again, we're giving it too much credit, but then it's like a... um yeah, that's what makes it so um, hard to watch, I mm. guess, because there's a part of us that knows this isn't going to work. Yeah. But you, you know what I mean? Like, they they uh, sort of, yeah. yeah, I mean, like in this film, zombies, the zombies like obviously aren't a thing, really, like they are in mm. the first two. Well, obviously, the first film is kind of where all the shit happens. The second film, you're aware that this is still going on, but it kind of like happens again. This is like it gets out of hands because of like them trying to use a dumb teenage. Yeah, boy. they're trying mm. to yeah. use zombies to create these monsters, and also For there's something. a lot it's of all these isolated experiences. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a, a rule change a bit with this film as well, like where it's definitely zombies. Like the last two films, you had a couple of things happening where, like, you know, the zombies bite someone; uh, they may or may not turn. And it was kind of confusing of like yeah. if, if that would make you turn or not. And this one is clear. The saliva makes someone yeah. turn into a zombie. For sure. Um, they spread but the like, because it's like a disease or a virus yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Which we're getting, we're getting more into like zombies again, which is kind of like that we're used to again. Moderate, but yeah. then they're still indestructible, which is kind of like, I like that element to it. Like I said earlier, it just kind of brings back mm. sort of like they're monsters you can't really get rid of, um, which is scarier. Um, but yeah. you also are kind of playing with like the military side of it. That's just like, they're trying to use these monsters for war. And it's like, it's just, it's 
crazy. Like why? It's crazy. It's vague, <laughs> oh but at least there's a yeah. reason there, right? At least yeah. you know yeah. the Iron yeah. Man would in the last two movies, yeah. but they didn't do anything. When the move in the first yeah. one, they blow the whole fucking town up. But yeah. in the second one, they're just there because you need shit. you need someone yeah. to come yeah. in at the end to save them or whatever. Clean up. And this yeah. one, they, they do a purpose. Yeah, they did. They do go back and explain the whole thing with um, the chemical as well. Like what the chemical was, they come mm. out right in your face and say it instead of it being this sort of vague thing of like, cause in the first film it was like James Karen talking to uh, Tom Matthews, just sort of like, Ooh, like, you know, in that movie, Night of the Living the Dead. Movie was you know, based on and it's very vague. <laughs> like they were using the trioxin, you know, they say to like, you know, kill marijuana crops, which I think is just like, it was a fucking Dan Abana joke, but this is, this is literally what it was. It was, they were using it to kill the marijuana crops and they realized that the gas was just too strong and it got out of control and it was turning people into fucking zombies, which How calls is that the, the original thing? Not We need dead. a stoner movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It's already there. Doug Benson, you know, it's already written yeah. into the yeah. origin. Like he should Getting do zombie with high. <laughs> um, Super die me. <laughs> Super die me. Yeah. Basil Wallace plays Riverman. Fucking hell, dude. I couldn't tell if I wanted to love this character or hated it. It reminded me of the guy from Twilight Down the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in- his character's insane. Yeah, just again, horrible, horrible stereotype with the magical yeah. black character, yeah. and I hate saying it, but it's just, but he is so weird and funny and actually good in this yeah. movie, and it's such a. That's actually the few moments of genuine humor this film got out. Yeah. He's got his like pay it forward coin. <laughs> the coin, which is sweet. But he like, you know, yeah. when he first, he just showed up behind um, uh, Kurt and he's just like, he's not even saying anything. And he's like, what you want? <laughs> just like, yeah. Like, and he's like, I see everything. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Here um, we go. I, I, <laughs> We're doing this it, now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. This, he's like every Chappelle show bit ever. Literally, he's literally um, like, uh, what's his name? The crack addict in Chappelle show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a crack. <laughs> but it, 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 it's at that point with the movie, it's like, oh, this movie is just it's out of control. It's out of control. It like goes yeah. everywhere. It's like yeah. like you were saying, now we're in hey. the fucking steward with the river man and then we're you know, and we were in the grocery store <laughs> yeah. and then we're gonna end up in the army bit and it's just it's so the gang's the here. The gang's all here. Yeah, and it just feels like you yeah. had a but you had the location first and you wrote a movie to try and make sense of it all. <laughs> and then you built a story around <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like that. Definitely. But yeah, horrible yeah. character. Oh <laughs> yeah, rounding out the cast, we have uh Hellraiser three and waxwork director Anthony Hickox plays one of the government scientists who's uh, killed by the the first test zombie that they're trying. That big, tall, fucking yeah, skinny open. ass zombie corpse guy. Oh yeah. He, so yeah, yeah. Random random cameo. Um, we also have Brian Peck who unites all three films. <laughs> who played, like I said in the last episode, he played Scuzz in the Peck first trilogy. film. He played the Michael Jackson zombie in the second film. He was the b- ballistics technician. So one of the guys who was shooting that fucking crazy fucking freezing <laughs> bullshit thing Energy. at the zombie. Yeah, the, pulse gun. Yeah, at the beginning <laughs> of them. We get into the zombies a little bit. So we have Clarence Epperson, who plays the cadaver at the beginning of the film, who is the uh, the first one they try the trioxin test on, the skinny guy. So he was homeless. Mm. So this also connects to the first oh film, God. like uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr., who was... Uh, mm. 
homeless yeah. while making the first film. Uh, he was homeless and he was living on the streets. And uh, before before he was cast in the film, they like, you know, basically were worried, like, you know, because well, they got him, but they were kind of worried, like, okay, well, like, what are we going to do with this guy if he's like homeless? So they put him up in a hotel while shooting. And uh, <laughs> they were fearing that if he remained homeless, they wouldn't be able to find him too easily. Uh, I guess he was like the real life version of Riverman, just roaming around. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I was watching this like sort of little documentary about these films and stuff, and there was uh, apparently a wardrobe malfunction with him. <laughs> All right, so you know they got oh, that no. like fucking weird ass his little G-string yeah harness, harness thing, the underwear, yeah. yeah, whatever that fuck. It's like whatever. It's it's almost like the thing that like Emilia Jovovich is wearing and. Um, in uh what was that fucking film called fifth the fifth thing. element fifth yeah. element yeah so apparently like when they strapped him up and they like kind of had him like hanging like for whatever reason the shit wasn't working right and his just his dick kept falling down <laughs> when they're trying to I mean good for him the call right? cut and it's just like leak <laughs> so funny gravity uh, and uh yeah so the zombies, all the special effects, in order to keep up with like all the demand of the special effects they needed for the film, but also to keep things within their tight budget. Using it decided to like, which this feels like it, I don't see how this could save money, but I guess maybe it saves time. So time is money. But uh, he hired five different effects companies working on, like to work on this film. So there's this like plethora of people making shit. And uh, that included Steve Johnson's uh, XFX, who I think did most of the film, um, and he particularly designed the Julie zombie effects makeup and stuff um, using ideas that Brian Usnuk had come up with. So you get this very Hellraiser Cinnabite sort of design with all this glass and shit yeah. coming out of her and shit. I mean, I think it's cool as shit. I mean, the it, it's you know whatever like they it's kind of trashy like you know because they just have to show her tits and stuff with like fucking like she's pierced her nipples and all sorts of stuff but but it's also like she looks fucking radical like just insane like very just crazy the glass shards coming out of her face and like you know those spikes coming out of her fingernails it's fucking disgusting and kind of cool that effect that was one of my favorite effects it was one of the smallest effects but just her like piercing with the her arm with the coil yeah and it's just it's a very obviously it should probably a very simple effect but it just looked really good you know yeah you actually got to see i liked her like yeah I liked her nails because from afar it looks like she has these like talon acrylics. When you get up close, it's like holy shit, they're like fucking like tiny ass yeah. little needle thingies. X Men Origins. Um, that's awesome. Wolverine. Yeah, X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I thought that like I really love the the Cenobite comparison because the the whole her whole getup just reminds me of. Definitely Hellraiser, but also like yeah, Aaliyah in Queen of the Damned. It's very yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. almost regal. Yeah. But like she she did what she could in a fucking sewer, yeah. which is even more kind of punk, I guess. I mean when um, they first show her when she like appears, like that's why I kind of like was thinking about like the bride of Frankenstein. She just kind of appears like mm-hmm. the first time you see the bride and she just looks so fucking crazy. It's like <laughs> and it's the way they shoot it as well. Like, I don't know, Brian Usner, I've not seen a lot of his films, but like, um, so I don't, I can't say like how he makes films and stuff, but at times this film, like, you know, it also didn't help 
that the budget was so shit that everything did feel like a really 90s B movie or like made for TV bullshit. Mm. But like it uh, it at times he had some really cool shots the way he presented her that first time. It was like, OK, this is cool. Like the way she just like yeah. transformed. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's a hodgepodge of a movie. It's really like strange. Uh, so yeah um, let's get into the music so I'm not wrong here you guys heard more sort of weird rock and rock and roll songs in this film right yeah yes I couldn't find anything about the music in this film apart from the original score and the score is available like the soundtrack score was available by Barry Goldberg um, so it opens with this track and it closes with this track and it's like this very particular score but there's a whole score throughout the whole film so there is like an original score um and it's very like i mean it adds to that 90s like made for tv vibe because it feels like something like army of darkness or something it's very kind of silly music like i don't know it's it's but it's kind of cool but kind of shit like which is this film in a nutshell (laughs) but there yeah, was perfect. music. There was, I remember there was rock and roll songs and metal songs and like just, it felt like sort of the second film a little bit, like these yeah. weird songs. Mm. I couldn't find a trace of it anywhere. Like I was looking <laughs> for these songs. Like People like music. Because I music. remember. You're crazy. Yeah. I remember like when, because like when they show up at, at the beginning of the film and all their friends are when like, they ride off. hanging on that, like, yeah, there's like, there's music playing. Like there's like, yeah. it felt like the, they were playing music on this boombox or something. And I felt like there was yeah. other Let parts don't of the film where, the like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. No, yeah. I no don't one remembers, remember I guess. The way that there's no Maybe record was... of that. Like, someone had to write and record that, and everybody's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. It was like a fever dream. Yeah. I think, like, the boyfriend's poserness sort of took over <laughs> the, anybody's. That was the one thing that this, this um, film was missing was just like a. Like a, a scene where he like like a band posters. scene, like you know, yeah. it starts yeah, with yeah, him yeah, playing yeah. a gig on the beach. And he can't play drums for shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have it like a, and the, yeah. and the song he played is like it's like really relevant. You know, it's like a yeah. Howard the Duck theme song. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. moment yeah. because he's like, you know, we're gonna move to theater. You're gonna get you get to watch me play, and you get to party, and that's all you want to do. Yeah. This film is kind of anti-teenager. In a very strange way, <laughs> yeah. That would, I've got that yeah. vibe. It was just like, wow. It just it feels like it's made by an old man. Where he's like, like these kids. kids, they just want to party yeah. and do drugs and listen to yeah. rock and roll, and it could be the end of them. Stay off my lawn. It literally felt like that. Yeah. Get off my lawn. It's yeah. very Abe Simpson. Yeah. Very, um, yeah. With less confusion. <laughs> he just yeah. wants attention. With less confusion. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Return of the Living Dead Three had a 24-day shooting schedule, filming in Santa Clarita Studios in Los Angeles, with Melrose Place filming right next door. Uh, the film, <laughs> the film was released in October 1993, and it was met with less than stellar reviews, and it only made fifty-four thousand two hundred and seven dollars worldwide on Absolute a budget bullshit. of an. Estimated two million dollars. I it's crazy. It's, it's better than part two, and part two made nine million dollars. Yeah, that's for me, it's insane. It's better than I think part two. part two. Part two made nine million dollars because the first one was kind of popular, and I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, mm. Return of the Living Dead too. Cool. Like, we'll go see that." And then they were like, "Fuck mm. this movie. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Where was 
where was yeah. the like the woman dancing on the grave naked that's like that's what we were here for right like, the third then, movie the too late it's just yeah yeah they were, they missed out yeah. they missed the boat 10 years too late. yeah mm. um people were really split on it though because you know fans of the campy first two films were really confused by it and they hate it because it, they hated it because it wasn't funny but then there was a lot of people who loved it for doing something completely different and adding a bit of the thrill back into the film. So it's a, it's an interesting yeah, one. It's still kind of funny. It's funny because like we we know it's so like it can be so bad that it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they didn't crack jokes think. that landed. We were sort of just like, I'm laughing at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. is crazy. As opposed to like the the one liner. What would you yeah. guys think if it was just not a Return of the Living Dead film? If it was just its own standalone thing? Because it very easily could be. It might have helped. You know. Yeah. It might have helped. It might have helped. Yeah. But I didn't mind the connect. The connection didn't really bring it down. Maybe it brought yeah. down how many yeah. people would go see it, but Same. it totally worked. Yeah. If the second one would also this kind of thing, not like a love story, I mean, but like something different, again, like Romero did, where each one was almost a different genre and a different group of people, a different story, a different time, but they all coalesced into one sort of moody piece about, you know, how society reacts society. under pressure yeah. um, in very, in, you know, under tense situations and when they're threatened and challenged and this is just like party time, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It, and if that was good for the first one, but if the second one did the same thing, it's like, okay, punk rock numbie movie. Could the third one is still a punk rock numbie movie. Just, you know, a love story this time. The second one could have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just if the second one had set the tone of like, okay, this is what the all these movies will be different mm. under the same moniker, under the same title umbrella. umbrella. Yeah, it would have helped. You know, by the time you get to the third one, you know what you you get it. You're expecting a sort of, you know, it vaguely in the same universe, so the same rules and triaction, but like the genre is different and the characters are different. Um, I don't know. I still feel like this one gets sort of will get will forever get a bad rap. But either way. Too different yeah. or too new, mm. but maybe it would be looked upon more fondly. But maybe nobody would have seen it at all if it was just, you know, I don't know what you'd call it if it wasn't Return of the Living Dead 3. Um, party time. Party well, the time. reason why I asked that was because uh, Brian Usna said on a DVD, DVD commentary that he regrets not coming up with a more proper name for the film. Because like he felt like Return of the Living Dead three is just kind of too long, and I don't know if he was thinking about like oh well like would have just been something else and maybe it would have been fine. And he suggested the title Kurt and Julie, but he admits that the title Mortal uh, Mortal Zombie, which is uh what it's called in certain places Mortal in Europe, Zombie. is a really nice name. And he likes Mortal Zombie, so yeah, I don't know. Zombie? It's yeah. uh, it uh, yeah, I feel like it really. It's fine. Like, I, I do agree with what you said, Phil, about, like, it, if you establish from the get-go that, like, almost like what Romero did, we're doing a completely different <laughs> film every time. Mm. But it felt like they weren't really trying that. And the glaring, the the worst part really is, I think, bringing back those two guys and having them do exactly the same thing. Because if you didn't have that going on, then you could have easily been like, okay, well, we're not doing this same movie again and it's not like it doesn't have to be like a sequel that feels like it's a part of that same continuous story which a lot of it's a witch know, um, <laughs> franchises do and like which you know the Romero original trilogy because it's different it's the same sort of idea but different people and set in during different times and they don't connect it's just kind of like 
it's unique. Like it's interesting. It's more fun. And like, I'm dying to kind of get back to see what, what he did. Yeah. And these don't connect at yeah, all, but they, they try to, and it, or they, it feels like they're trying to force it on Depend- you. I don't know. Trying depending too hard. Yeah. Depending yeah. on how you look at it, you can feel like the original is its own thing or the first two are its own thing. And the third yeah. one is its own thing or that two and three are its, it's own thing, thing because yeah. they're away. Yeah. Like either way, they don't feel like one cohesive whole. Um, <clears> it would, I, you know, I'd be interested if Dan O'Bannon wanted to keep going. That would be interesting. Yeah, or it would have been interesting. Russo to wanted see. to come back and write another one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I know he didn't write the script, but he wrote a book. But if he was like, yeah. let me actually take over and see, yeah. you know, where did you actually want to take these movies? Because where the studio took him, or Tom Fox or whatever, isn't probably where you wanted to take him. Nowhere near as yeah. worthwhile as where Romero was taking him anyway. Yeah, definitely. But the idea that, like, the idea that, like, the which I do agree with both of you, the expectations set on this compared to Romero's um, trilogy, it feels like such a modern, like a current idea that we have now given all the franchises that are being rolled out because of the success of the franchises before it. I feel like, you know, they didn't set out to do, they set out for a cash grab, Mm -hmm. but they didn't really set out to, 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 you know, like, keep doing that cash grab yeah, you know what i mean like trilogy, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't intend exactly yeah well the machine because that wasn't like in the sphere of of you know hollywood i guess mm-hmm. at, at yeah. that time right yeah yeah. yeah they yeah. didn't think about longevity yeah, back then they just thought about yeah like, exactly as quick as possible how yeah. much can we make like while the iron is hot yeah yeah, while the iron is hot, or also like, where where else can this go in the short amount of time that we yeah. have? Where can this? How can we milk this story yeah. um, by figuring out where it goes? It's I think it applies to like Star Wars. I don't think those those movies are sequels. You know, the fact that it's mm. a franchise now, it's because it's being built upon. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, um, but but this is like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I like uh, as like a franchise. I feel like as a whole, it's pretty. You know, like. Um, I wouldn't say consistent, but I feel like they, we can see the patterns, Definitely. you know, and yeah. we imply those patterns ourselves. But like, yeah, this this trilogy is is we want it to try harder, but you know that it won't and it yeah. hasn't. Yeah, and um, but I do hope that people sort of take a look at them and and um, sort of infer how much how far we've gone as a culture of <laughs> in terms Definitely. of not just horror franchises, but like. Yeah. Like we've been talking about this whole time, just like zombie. Movies. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like, obviously yeah. the whole idea was we started with the Romero films and this is only like loosely linked to it just because of Russo's like attachment yeah. to it. But it's interesting kind of like to see like how we can turn like what Romero did to cash in on the fact of the popularity of Dawn of the Dead and just create these like weird ass movies and just how fucked yeah. they will get and it's interesting to see like how yeah. quick you can fuck up like fuck up a series of films and they it like, happened did it really so quickly. quickly like these <laughs> yeah. you know like night dawn capitalism day. baby yeah night dawn day they're fucking what like 15 years apart like way too long 10 apart. years apart. Yeah. yeah they're like crazy yeah. lot like he made that over a very long time those three movies but these three movies yeah. are over like f- f- like five six years it's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's do it yeah. like they're just banging them out and it's like how long it takes to cultivate and how easily and quickly you can fuck it up and for better or worse yeah. this is kind of maybe not this movie specifically but we're sort of at the end of the zombie craze 
at least in Hollywood yeah. until Walking Dead, Zombieland, what, Dawn what, of the Dead, yeah. everything hit, and Romero will come back to fucking hit it damp again. Right? Like, let me see what yeah. I can do now. Yeah, which stake I, his yeah. claim. Which yeah. I can't wait. I really I'm can't wait. Interested. For it. I hope I'm not completely let down, but I'm interested to see what happens. I'm so fucking excited. Even if yeah. it's bad, I feel like I'm going to like yeah. it. You know it's what I mean? Like- <laughs> I just want to see it. I want to see it. All right. Well, quickly before we move on, like uh, quick rating rankings. Uh, we're at the end of this trilogy. Mm. I'll, I can go first because it's easy for me. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. I really like this film. This, the third one, because it was just different, it's kind of wacky and silly, and they all kind of suck in their own right, in their own ways. So, like, uh, but I gotta go with the first. It's the OG. Like, it's something that I did genuinely like growing up. It's a fun film. It's silly. It's punk rock. It's so dumb. Um, then I'll <laughs> go with this one, and then definitely on the bottom is the second one. <laughs> I hated that film. <laughs> um. I'll, I'll flip it. I think this one, yeah, with like a little, like a personal favorite beforehand, and I'll keep it. I'll yeah. play three, one, two. Two is at the bottom, but I didn't hate it much, yeah. John. And the original is right there in the middle, and it was good. It wasn't as good yeah. as I wanted it to be, but this one is just it's weird and fucked up, and it's not, it's not yeah. a great movie, but there's something I find interesting about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if it had a better budget, I would love it a lot more. Um, and it wasn't, if it wasn't so shittily made, like I think like God, that Julie character is so interesting and I'd love to see more of that with mm. more mm. money. But yeah. I'm right, right. that didn't launch yeah. it. If it did better, it would have launched into its own. Yeah. Huge, yeah. I think I've just yeah. they would her have franchise. Yeah, her yeah. franchise. I'm going to like completely be kind of out there. Cause I didn't like I, I was saying in the in the first episode of this trilogy i like was mixed about it but i come after watching these two i just i didn't like the first one because <laughs> it felt i really didn't like the first one i i like i thought some of the camp parts were awesome like the when the zombies sort of did their guerrilla warfare Don't call ambushing the the ambulances <laughs> yeah. thing i thought that was fucking sick but i didn't like it i fucking hated it <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't like hate it. It was kind of just like, this isn't for me, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like there's parts of it that I get, but it doesn't appeal to my sensibilities. So I'm going to rank that last. And I think I'm going to go three, two, one. Cause two is very me in the sense that it's Mm. bad and it's like silly and it's stupid and it's childish. And it's like, I think it's more towards my, I don't know. I have no nostalgic relationship to these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So it felt very, refreshing to me it didn't feel like it was screaming at me even though people were screaming you know what i mean like um people weren't saying what they were doing as they were doing them oh um, my god and yeah. i really yeah. really like the third i feel line. like this the less screamy of of the three as well which was kind of nice. yeah i was I expecting to like the second one better than the third one but i actually really enjoy the third one yeah simply because it's yeah it's it's different yeah and it, it it's the only one that really kind of has a little bit of something to say mm. um so yeah, yeah, I'm going to go three, two, one. Wow, all different. I think um, the reasoning for my picking the first one is, is my I think favorite. most people it's would mainly... pick you, would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- well, it's, I think it, a lot of it, because it had a bigger, a bigger budget, it looked a little bit better. Um, it also was like, it was the original. It started the whole brains thing, which is kind of fun. And it's, it is fun. 
Um, but also it's because I also did come from a sort of nostalgic place for it. So like, you know, if you don't have that, you're a complete wide yeah. open slate. So it's kind of nice, which it can surprise you. Like the, this third film surprised me. And it was the same thing with like day of the dead. I was completely like floored by on. I mean, I did watch it a long time ago, I think, but like on a rewatch, how fucking much I love Fuck that yeah. film. So it's, it's open. <laughs> like, it's nice to just Great be film. open to something like, and, and you never know what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, the yeah. thing about this whole series is people fucking love it. You know, return of the living dead, return of the living dead part two, return of the living dead three. It, you know, they're all cult classics. Return of the Brian Peck. They are all, Return uh-huh. of the Brian Peck, yeah. They're all cult classics in their own right. And, uh, you know, although like like I said last week, you know, Return of the Living Dead 3 is not nearly as highly regarded as its predecessor, but, you know, it didn't stop them from making two sequels, two more sequels. Um, uh-huh. Made, made We're not going there. TV for the sci-fi channel. Please no. We're not going there. Um, it was Please Return no. of the Living Dead, Necropolis, and Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave from Eight-Legged Freaks, director Elroy Elkoyim, uh, both of which were released in 2005. But by all accounts, these Ugh. two films are trash and not worth our time or effort to cover. <laughs> and besides, we are heading to 2005 for another reason. That is to finally catch up with our pal George A. Romero 20 years after the release of Day of the Dead with the first film of his second Dead trilogy, Land of the Dead. But we'll be leaving that for two weeks' time as next week it's time for our next and final side mission of season two. We won't be avoiding television altogether, you know, like... We're not going to watch those Return of the Living Dead bullshits, but we're not going to avoid it all together because it's Ariane's pick. It's season two, episode six of Community. The episode is Epidemiology, a.k.a. the zombie Halloween episode. Ooh, I can't wait to just do something different. George We've never done anything like that before. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And, and we're not the... watching The Walking Dead, so. Yeah, why yeah, not? I'm surprised yeah. we're not knowing Ari had yeah. the power no. to kind of like pick a TV show. I'm not going to make you like sit through an episode where it's just Norman Reedus not wearing sleeves. <laughs> like, that's probably what I would yeah. pick. It would so, be fair to Phil as well. I'm not going to make you like... do that. Yeah, because he's like never seen yeah, the show. Would, it would just be me asking questions. Be like, why are we here? Yeah. Why isn't he wearing yeah, sleeves? Community yeah. doesn't at least, like, at least doesn't have a continuous storyline. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's easy to get familiar with the character, but this is nice. I haven't yeah. watched familiar, uh, sorry, I haven't watched Community in ages. And this is like the good yeah. season, like the first three seasons. Yeah, the season stuff two. I really yeah. liked. And then season I, two's. And then I amazing. fucking tuned out. And I don't really Gaslight gear. Yeah, and I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, the Gaslight gear fucking. And I don't really remember the episode, so <laughs> it'll actually be really fun. And it'll be nice to see yeah. a young Donald Glover again. To doing how far Absolutely. Hell oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As always, you can follow us at Breadcrumbs Pod on Twitter and Instagram and learn more about the Breadcrumb Collective at breadcrumbcollective.com. Feel free to reach out. Let us know what you think about the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out and helps us grow the show. Yeah, do Stay it. Stay tuned for a little bit of community. Go zombie out next week. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool. I could, we can't do the thing, but. All right. <laughs> do the cat. Oh my god. <laughs>
yeah the handshake <laughs> all right yeah see you next week a little bit of community Bye-bye. Bye. don't die Bye. don't turn into a numbie or do whatever cool 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 cool, cool. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.